Isn't it good that God is here and that this is real, that what we do here is not just an exercise that we repeat um, every week because it makes us feel good, but that God is actually here. Um, I'm really encouraged that when we, when we respond to God just like we have done now, and it might have not been in a massive way for you, it might have been really small, um, it might have been a small um, response to God, but he takes it seriously. He takes what you have done just now in worship, that small yes to him, he takes that seriously. And that affects the way that you live. And it affects um, how you will live tomorrow as well. Um, So I'm really encouraged by that. So uh, snow, huh? Just a smooth segue. I feel like um, I've never spoken about the weather so much in my life. And I'm from Northern Ireland. We love to talk about the weather. So, yeah, snow. Read a lot on BBC News about the snow. I feel like I know a lot about, about it now, um, which is great. Expanding knowledge. No one else interested in the snow? I am so interested in the snow. Just me? Okay. It's fine. I can take that. Um, if you were with us um, in February, so at the minute we're in this series on Nehemiah and we're thinking about how we can um, build in this city um, for, for the glory of God. But we're taking a little break from that this evening. Um, and we're going to revisit something that we spoke about in February. We spent some time thinking about Holy Spirit, about who he is, that we can have a relationship with him that he is not a foreign entity or a force or a utility, but he is a person that we can get to know, that he is both a gift to us and someone who gives gifts, good gifts to us. Maybe you found that easy. Maybe you were already like 100% on board with that and that was just an easy thing for you to get your head around. Or maybe over the past month you've tried to engage with it a little bit more and it's been a bit of a mixed bag Maybe it's been easy, maybe it's been hard, maybe you've totally forgotten about it and now you're trying to rack your brain and think what on earth we spoke about then. But we think this is a really core part of who we are, getting to know Holy Spirit. We think it's a really core part of who we are, both as people who are learning to follow Jesus, but also as a church. And so we don't just want to speak about it once and hope that we've got it. We don't want to assume that we know exactly where to go tomorrow or the next day once we think about something here. Part of what we do in this gathering called Restart the Hearts is we equip. So we want this to be a space where we are equipped together. Not just that you come here and you get some good ideas and then you go away and you try them and you're not really sure where to go. Because, you know, you wouldn't be here if you weren't just even marginally interested in how all of this stuff to do with Jesus can make a difference to your life. Everybody in this room is at least a little bit curious. Some of you are a lot curious, but some of you are just a little bit curious. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. And part of the purpose of Restart the Heart is to help us explore this stuff together. The stuff that we're kind of all meant to know how to do already. You know, like prayer. Those things that we find kind of hard, but it's sometimes not the easiest thing to say, hey, I find this quite difficult. So we decided that we would have this space where we would learn how to do this stuff together and get it wrong together and and learn new things about it together. Because when we do things together, it's really powerful. 
How do the things that we talk about here make a difference to our lives? Not just why, but how. So we come together to help each other, but we also come together to pray and ask God to help us because we figured out one thing for sure is that we cannot do it on our own, nor are we meant to and nor are we asked to either. So tonight's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to bring um, just some thoughts. I'm not going to speak for that long. And then some friends are going to come and share some stories. And then we're going to pray and we're going to see what happens. As we think about Holy Spirit and figure out how to build a relationship, the question that we'll be asking is, well, how do we actually do that? It's a nice concept. It's a nice idea. I know it's something I probably should do, but how do we actually do that? How do we live our day-to-day lives in a way that engages with the Holy Spirit so that we are open to all that he is and all that he can do in our lives? And why is it sometimes really hard? Why does it sometimes feel like there is a block in the way? Maybe you've felt that this month as you've tried, you got really fired up in February and thought, this is going to be an amazing thing. I'm going to learn, um, get to know the Holy Spirit and learn loads about him. And you tried and then maybe there was just something in the way. It felt like there was a block in the way, a little stumbling block that just kind of kept tripping you up. I feel that perhaps part of that block around the Holy Spirit is just that, holiness. Holiness, often a concept uh, in church that incites more guilt than anything else. You start talking about holiness and suddenly everybody feels a little bit uncomfortable in their seat because we are very aware of all the ways in which we are not holy painfully aware. When we talk about holiness, we can draw back. And the picture of the unapproachable God comes into play. It's something that he is not. No, that's wrong. It's something that he is and that we are not. It's like a standard that we could never live up to. At least that's how I feel sometimes. You become so aware of all the ways in which you are not holy, that even thinking about the holiness of God becomes impossible. Maybe you've written it off as something that you can't attain. Maybe it even feels like a kind of a dated concept as well. If you were thinking about the ways that you would want someone to describe you, I don't think that holy would be up there. Maybe it would. Maybe that's just me, but it doesn't seem, it's not like the coolest state to find yourself in, is it? We would rather, we would much rather be described as radical or pioneering, extravagantly generous, joyful, innovative, maybe not holy. Because often it doesn't actually sound like a compliment. How many of us, whether we would admit it or not, have at some point in our lives described someone as being holier than thou? It doesn't always feel like a compliment to be called holy. We feel uncomfortable around it as a word. But the Bible steers us in a different narrative. 
the end of the New Testament, the first letter that Peter wrote to the early church, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, we receive this invitation from God. He says, be holy as I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. And as with anything, when we read something like that in the Bible, there's a couple of ways that we can approach it. We can look at it like it's some sort of impossible demand. You read it almost despondently. It's like we give God a, a raised voice when, when he says it. It's almost militant. We hear it and our head bows and our stomach churns. How could we possibly be holy? Never mind being like God in that holiness. It just seems so impossible. We, we, we fall before we've even started. But I think there's a second way that God wants us to look at that tonight. We can view it as an invitation. Yeah, holiness is tricky. It's hard. But we are invited into an impossible state by the one who defies the impossible. Be holy as I am holy. It's not an invitation that we have to um, write off. It's not a demand that we have to turn away from and say that it's, it's not for us. Holiness is a possible state of living for us. And how do I know that? Because God does not invite us into a way of living for which he has not equipped us. God does not invite us into a way of living for which he's not equipped us. Last month we looked at a passage in, in Romans chapter 5. And at the end of the section we were looking at, we, we learned about the gift of Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit is given to us. God does not invite us into a way of living for which he has not equipped us. The spirit who is holy has been given to us. We can never be holy on our own or of our own accord. That is impossible. And how many of us would attest to that? Yeah, whether you'd call it holiness or not doesn't actually matter. Doing the right thing, living in the right way, not doing or saying that particular thing. We all know that it's something we should try and do, but we're never that sure how to get there. Holiness is not a solo endeavor. And if we've made it that, then it's no wonder that we fail. It's no wonder that we find it hard. The word holy at its root comes from the word wholeness. So it's, it's like what God is saying here is something like, I desire nothing more than for you to be whole. And I know you can't do it on your own. In fact, I'm not asking you to. So come and join me in this place of wholeness of holiness. It's an invitation. How do you get to holiness? You pursue the Holy One. Holy Spirit. It's a simple stuff. It's right there in his name. 
We need to get to know the Holy One. And for me, that, that somehow makes it a little bit easier, I think. Maybe marginally. Because holiness seems like this impossible standard. And you know what? It kind of is. It is not a normal way of living. We're going to be in the minority. It goes against nearly everything that we see in the world around us. So if the notion of holiness can seem too big or too hard or too intimidating, pursue the person of Holy Spirit instead. Because pursuits of Holy Spirit always leads to holiness. You become what you behold. When you behold the one who is holy, you become like him, not by your own merits or your own ability, but by his. All these attributes, these characteristics wrapped up in a person from the Father, leading us to Jesus. Holiness is something that is alive in us, the life of God in us, given to us, made possible for us. In fact, we are called holy by God. Whether we think we deserve it or not doesn't actually matter to him. He calls us holy. So perhaps just as, as we were worshipping there, Maybe you were really aware of the things in your life that don't make you holy, even before I started talking about this. Maybe you had that familiar feeling of, of un being uncomfortable, aware of your own sin, aware of your own need for forgiveness. I think what God would want to say to you more than anything tonight is that he calls you holy. We have done nothing to deserve it. Nor will we ever be able to do anything to deserve it. It is his choice. He calls us holy. And it's also what he calls us to. It's like the, it's the way that Jesus made for us. In Christ we are already holy. And like most things in this pursuit of faith, in this journey, there is an overflow beyond ourselves. It doesn't just start and end with us. If it did, this would be an insanely selfish pursuit. It is not. Because when we pursue the holiness of God, we get to participate in his glory plan for the world, for the people around us. Because the overflow of holy is glory. In the book of Isaiah in the Bible, an incredible book of prophecies, there's some crazy stuff in there. It says this, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. The concept of holiness promotes and encourages God's glory to be present where we are. And often we focus on the glory stuff, actually. We, we want the results. We want the outworking. And we will get them and we will see them, but only if we walk in the intended way. 
the way to God's glory being present in Edinburgh, in our governments, in our workplaces, in our universities, in our schools, in our homes, in the causes that stir our hearts and get us riled up. The way that God has set before us is the way of holiness. Be holy as I am holy. Holy is the Lord Almighty. Then the earth is filled with his glory. Our job is to be holy. And his job is to bring glory. Pursuit of the Holy Spirit always leads to holiness. And holiness always leads to God's glory being present where we are. And all of that is great. And maybe some of that is helpful. And we can push into that concept tonight and we can pray and and we can worship and we can resolve to do or to not do some things or to make another go. But what about tomorrow? What about the everyday, ordinary moments that we find ourselves in? How do we pursue Holy Spirit, the Holy One, the One who helps us to be holy? How do we pursue Him in those places? Well, I have some friends who do this stuff really well. Um, I'm going to invite them up now um, to just come and share some of the ways that they pursue Holy Spirit. And hopefully there will be something there that you can hold on to as well. If the conceptual stuff is, is too big and you just need something practical, then hopefully this will give you that. Because this is, is not just a place of concepts and ideas Church, what we do here, this is a place of practical application that leads to radical transformation. And that is what we're about. So we're going to hear from from Mitch, from Kelsey, from John, and and from Tamsin. If you guys want to come up um, and just share. Mitch, we're going to come to you first. Can you share with us how you have pursued Holy Spirit um, and holiness in your life? Sounds good. I was hoping to clap myself on then. I was looking for a little clap, guys. Yeah, thank you. No, it's too late. No, it's done, it's done, it's done. Um, so Naomi just asked me to share, I guess, a couple of things um, about like, that are really important to me about how I do my daily life with God. Um, and I guess as part of that, to understand what that looks like, I guess you need to understand what my daily life looks like. Um, so has anyone been watching The Friends um, on Netflix? It's all back on Netflix, which is an amazing thing. Everyone watching it? People, some nod, some, yeah, yeah, it's reasonable. Um, you know how everyone in Friends, basically you thought you were one of those different friends? That might have changed different periods of, during different periods of your life. So when I was growing up, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I could be a cool kid, Joey. A bit, bit too much of a laugh back there. <laughs> now, yeah, maybe you want to be a Rachel or a bit of a kooky Phoebe. Rewatching it now, I'm a bit too much like Chandler. It's, like, it's taken me a little bit of time to realize that, but I'm a bit too much like Chandler. Um, in my work, I do um, IT reviews and data analytics. Is anyone still with me? Anyone still? <laughs> Yay! I'm, I'm a data transponster, as Rachel called Chandler. There you go. Um, so enough with the friends' references, but in terms of what my life looks like, it's, or what my job looks like at the moment, and what my 
most of my daily life ends up looking like is going around to a lot of places around Scotland, a lot of travel, um, either doing data analytics work or doing IT reviews, meeting people I don't know and asking them questions about stuff that I have no idea about because no one really understands IT stuff. Um, now, so tomorrow morning, for example, I'm going to be going to Glasgow. One of the most important things as part of my life, I don't always do it well, I don't always get it right, but tomorrow morning I'm going to be sat on that train, the beautiful train between Haymarket and Queen Street. There'll be things that I need to set up for my day's work, but also the most important thing to me tomorrow morning will be finding a connection with God during worship. That'll be putting my headphones in, potentially on the train. I could just be listening through the album. I do that a lot of days. I listen through the album. I'm just on my laptop trying to connect to Scott, Whale, Scott Rail's free Wi-Fi, trying to get my work going. But then there'll be such important moments for me where I'll just be able to connect with a song. There'll be a moment where I'll just be able to connect with God. And that little short prayer in the morning or that little short connection of God just saying, God, you are good. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. That is some, one of the most important things as part of my daily life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's those moments and those connections that I have with God that start with worship. That's one of my two things that I'm just sharing, just that, just that heart of worship. And the second one for me, and it, this feels like potentially the most important thing that I do in my relationship with God, which is so, again, it's the core of who I am. It's, it's the stuff that's really important to me. It's just inviting the Spirit of God to come upon me. That may, as Naomi said, she's talked about the technicalities of it, but what that feels like for me as part of my life, say I'm walking to a meeting with people I don't know, I'm going to be doing some IT reviews that I don't know about, that will be, God, I really need you in this moment. Like, I need the presence of God. I feel lonely, I feel insecure. God, I need the presence of God on me right now. Or it could be I'm sat at my desk and I just feel that peace. You're sat there working, you just feel that warmth or that peace, or you just feel something, you feel that little moment. I've learned over the years just to be able to say, yep, God, I just invite more of you. As simple as that, God, I just invite more of your love, more of your presence in my life. There you go. That's amazing. You're allowed to come and stand in this bit here. Yeah, John, you can come next. This little cue for me, it's very civilized. I don't know if you want to do gender diversity or anything, but no. blokes, okay. Um, yeah, for me, I, so I work as a consultant um, in leadership development, so different businesses and leaders, and I, I used to work in kind of more ministry context. So it's always a big question for me is how, do, how does stuff that happens on a, on a night tonight, what does that look like during the week? And I, I don't think I've cracked it. Um, but there's a couple of things that I'm trying to do more and more. One is... When I'm in Edinburgh, I'm sometimes in London or different places, but we do have an office in Edinburgh, and I usually like to cycle down the canal. And more, yeah, when I can, when I remember, I'm starting to, to pray before coming into work. And I think the thing that's, that's really started to shift is actually not just praying for going into work, praying for people I'm working with, but actually being thankful. And what I'm loving with the new Rooted app is that those that use it, there's a kind of what are you thankful for? And you have to put in three things. And, you know, I, I, I'm, my work's okay, but they're not like my best mates. I don't kind of always look forward to going in and catching up with everyone. But actually, at the moment, I'm in this space of just saying, I, I'm, I really thank you, Lord, for the people that I'm working with. And actually, I can, there's even a little, a little shift 
it's not kind of from zero to 100, but there's a little shift in actually how I'm coming into work, how I'm grateful for those people, and, and surprise, surprise, how I actually interact with them. So that's one thing. And then the other thing um, is just asking for God's heart for the people that I'm seeing. So I, I, I meet with a lot of different leaders and, and difficult conversations sometimes, and sometimes they can be a bit tricky and I get a bit stressed. But actually what I'm le- learning to do and trying to do much more is just go, God, actually, can you help me see this person as you see them? Help me see through your eyes rather than my own kind of worried eyes. Actually, what would it look like to, to look through your eyes? And again, it's not kind of a radical, life-changing thing, but actually there are these moments where I feel actually a bit more comfortable, a bit more confident, a bit more sure that I'm here to help and support them rather than get too caught up in myself. That's cool. It's like a gradual thing as well, isn't it? It's bit by bit, every day. If we got the whole thing all at once, we probably all would freak out. You know, we need the day by day. God knows what we're capable of. Kelsey. Hello. Um, I guess uh, I'm quite a kind of contemplative person. And one of the things that um, I've been challenged by recently is to um, gain a deeper understanding of the holiness of God. Um, So some of the things that Naomi was speaking about, about this um, God who defies our understanding. Um, And I guess that, yeah, can often seem a bit uncomfortable. And I think as as humans, we kind of want to put that into, put God into a context that we can, um, yeah, we can sort of logically or like we give him some kind of context to, to understand. But actually, I've come to realize that um, knowing that he's beyond our understanding is something to actually um, to celebrate and rejoice in. Um, that he's, he's so much more than my human imagination can ever um, ever imagine. Um, he's just so much better than, than anything um, I could come up with. Um, and uh, yeah, there's this, this cool quote from a guy called Tozer that says, um, only the spirit of the Holy One can impart to the human spirit the knowledge of the Holy. Um, and so it's, yeah, the Holy Spirit that can um, give us this, give us the understanding of this, this unknowable, um, amazing, incredible God. Um, so yeah, one of the things that I had recently was I just, um, last weekend I was up in the, um, the highlands and I was walking in this amazing forest and, um, yeah, I, I guess I just, I had some kind of spiritual experience, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there were these amazing, awesome, huge ancient trees, um, and the wind was just kind of blowing through them and, um, I felt incredibly small and fleeting and human in that moment. Um, you're surrounded by this fastness. Um, and, but in that moment, I was both aware that God had created all of these things. He was, he was so much larger than they, and yet he was mindful of me. Um, and so I just was able to continue walking through this forest, um, walking with him and celebrating and just being blown away by, by both his vastness and his intimate care for me, this tiny human. Um, and I guess, yeah, that's just kind of like flowed into my week. It's not been something that I left on that hillside. Um, and I guess I've just been able to, to find more joy in um, yeah, serving others and being prompted by the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, I haven't got everything sorted out, but um, I guess it gave me a taste um, of the kind of life that I'm hungry for, a life that's 
led by the Spirit that's not restricted to what I can imagine that's beyond me. Um, and I just, want, I just want more of that. That's good. Um, yeah, so I love coffee and I love writing. So I try and go to a coffee shop every so often and it's, um, I only go to this coffee shop to spend time with God and so I don't mix it with other things because I think that it's actually handy to have a boundary space where it's just space for you and God that you wouldn't use for other things. So as soon as I go into this coffee shop, I know I'm like switched into, okay, this is just time for me and God and I, I hang out in a lot of coffee shops in the city just for work, and so I'm, I try and keep one that I don't invite students to come to so that I can just have it as, like, me and God time. I'm not going to tell you students what coffee shop it is. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I go to this coffee shop, get a tasty flat white, and um, sit down and write, and I basically write a letter to God um, because I think that... I don't know whether it's just me, but whenever I'm trying to pray, I can tangent so easily and get distracted by things in my room or distracted by things around me. But I think that when I write, it just engages my brain a bit more and it means that I don't tangent and um, it forces me to actually have a succinct line of thought for more than a couple of seconds. Um, and so I've, I've been doing it for a couple of years and I've just got like journals basically to God's um, so, yeah, that's what I do. Um, also, so Kelsey um, did an amazing thing. She's a super talented lady. So on your chairs, um, there's little cards and they're prayers. So Kelsey wrote this prayer for us. And this is another way that we can engage with God in our weeks. And it's small enough that you can fit it in your purse or your wallet. Um, and the idea is that you repeat the prayer every day. And there's something that can be really powerful about repetition um, and, and just going back to something every single day and just embedding it in your heart um, as, a, as a rhythm. And so you can stick that in your wallet if that's something that is a bit more physically tangible. If you guys find any of this helpful or you don't, you can use this as well. Um, but yeah, thank you guys um, for sharing. You can go sit down. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're going to spend some time worshipping now, and this is this is just space for us to try this out. So um, we can use this tomorrow and for our weeks, but we can also test this stuff out now. So if people want to um, do any of what we've been sharing, so I'm trying to remember what it all was, but um, asking the Holy Spirit to come or listening to the, the music as we're worshipping and, and asking God to engage our hearts with the lyrics and the songs um, or writing stuff down if you've got just like a note section on your phone or if you've got a notepad and just writing a prayer to God or looking at the bits of card and, and reading through it and just speaking that out as a, as a prayer to God. Or you can... Um, like you can pray together so we can do this as family and you don't have to do this alone and if you um, are finding it difficult to pray at the moment and you want to do that with someone that you've come with then 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 go for it um, but this is just space for us to use you can use it how you want so if you want to stand I'm going to pray Yeah, thank you, God, that you want to meet with us. Thank you that you um, you really want to chat to us, and it is actually quite easy to chat to you. And I pray that, um, yeah, where we've overcomplicated this stuff, that you would help us to just 
remember how simple it can be to have a conversation with you. And we ask that we would use this space now to engage with you. Um, we want to um, we want to grow closer to you. We want to um, hear your voice for us. Um, knowing you and having a relationship with you is like nothing else in this world and it satisfies deeper than any friendship or relationship we really want to meet with you tonight um, because you are life because you are hope and joy and peace and so god we want to choose to say yes to you again to say yes to your spirit and to say yes to forgiveness and yes to life right now. God, would you meet with us? Amen.